So, Bob, I have an email from a patron in which they're writing in asking for advice about whether or not or how they could break up or end a relationship with someone that they think has borderline personality. Would you like to talk about that today, Bob? Yeah, let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. I'm Bob uh, Gettle. I'm a practicing therapist here in Seattle and your old friend from grad school. And it is now 20 years, almost to the to like the month that I graduated. Yep, I remember. <laughs> you graduated like... Um, Six months before you. Yeah, and you walked at a different... Um, there were there were like yeah. multiple... They, now they do one ceremony a year. Oh, but back yeah. then, I guess they did like two. Two. Okay, so you must have walked like in January or something. It was... Or uh, not January, like June. June. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I walked in December because I, I graduated in September. Um, and we, I still have pictures from that night. Yeah, it was a fun night. Uh, I look ridiculous because I have really long hair. That's right. <laughs> and there's something odd about having really long hair and dressed up in a graduation robe, as uh, with my hair anyway. It's it's just it looks odd to me. Every time I see those pictures, I just I'm looking at myself. I was like, what is happening? I remember when we met, you you used to buzz cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in graduate school, I grew out my yeah, hair. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anonymous patron. Hi, Kirk. Long time, long time patron here. I was wondering if you could give me some advice about ending a long-term relationship with a partner who suffers, who suffers from borderline. I've tried on various occasions to end the relationship, but have been met with resistance in the form of physical self-harm, mm. which progressed to talk of suicide. Yeah. Also present were threats that my life would be ruined if I initiated the breakup. Your deep dive episode on Borderline helped me to understand the condition and how the constant fear of abandonment can drive her to do desperate things to avoid it. My partner is not a bad person, far from it. I have no ill ill feelings towards her and wish her the best. I am just at the point where I believe that my relationship has run its course. Currently, I feel trapped in the relationship. I do not want to cause her harm by ending it suddenly. Bob, what do you think about this? I think that last sentence says... Uh, a lot. I don't want to cause her harm by ending it. I think in there, there's a, um, a belief that you are responsible for her welfare and her well-being, and ultimately you're not, A, and B, staying in the relationship and responding to the threat in this way only reinforces future threat and increases that person's likelihood of premature death. What do you mean by that? I mean, the more I threaten suicide when you break up with me and then that keeps you around, the more I learn to threaten suicide. And the more I threaten suicide, the greater the risk to me actually is. So it's reinforcing the suicidal mentality, yeah. which could result in her actually killing herself right. or, and, t- or attempting. And the thing is, is she can do that right? and she might. And it does not mean that the the person should stay in the relationship and you can't actually be in a good relationship and live with this kind of fear and disconnection and have it be anything fulfilling for either of you. Right. And um, at the risk of being a little irreverent, whoever wrote this, whoever your patron is, yeah, ain't that great. What do you mean? Oh, they're not that special. Yeah. They're not like the one and only yeah. who can save this person. Right. 
Yeah. So that person is uh, capable of finding somebody who is a better fit if that's the case. And, and there's no need to feel guilty, even though, of course, they will feel guilty because who doesn't, right? Yeah. But not responsible and is um, playing with fire by staying. Have you had this conversation with people before? Yeah, with my brother. Okay. <laughs> Years ago. And, and with clients too? Ah, that's a good question. Has it ever come up with clients? Yeah. It came up. I had a client who actually was the person doing the threatening. Okay. And actually did self-harm as a result of her boyfriend's leaving. Okay. And we had a good talk about the problem with that. Yeah. Both personally, her welfare and well-being yeah. on a few levels, and also what it was doing interpersonally to that poor that poor guy she was dating who was, you know, didn't deserve to be treated this way. And, you know, she didn't want him to be harmed. She didn't want to hurt his feelings. She was just yeah. just screaming desperate and right. terrified of losing him. Right. And so, you know, we do what, what works. Right. Yeah. But she didn't want the fallout from that uh, because she loved him and cared about him and didn't want him to suffer and saw that, indeed, her behavior was causing his suffering. Wow. I mean, you must have really worked hard and well with that person to get her to see that because it's... It's um it's a hard sell sometimes yeah. when someone's in that um, triggered state of, yeah. of of feeling abandoned. Yeah, the, the idea is is that because of being neglected as a child and abandoned as a child uh, repetitively and severely, you grow up with this trauma, literal PTSD, from any hint of abandonment and when you're actually being abandoned by a partner because they are breaking up with you, all of that pain, not only the pain of losing the person, which is there, but also all of that deep, deep pain from being abandoned by or abused by your parents or whoever was doing the abandoning and all that kind of stuff when you were a kid, when you know, you're three years old, you're four years old, you're seven years old, those kinds of pains that, are still around when you're an adult are are uh, far greater in intensity than the grief of losing a partner as an adult. Yeah. Usually. And so when that is triggered, the self crumbles and the self will attempt to to one do anything it can to avoid that feeling. Oh yeah. So they're not necessarily like Yay! I want to be in this dysfunctional relationship, or no. yay! I want to. I want to uh, trap this person in a relationship. Right. That's not the intention. The intention is like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Right? How do I get to not feel like this anymore? Right. Well, the way I do that is if I can somehow convince this person to stay. So, you know, so people like in any situation, they'll try to convince, hey, you know, I can change, or hey, this relationship can get better. Right. If that doesn't work, then you escalate and. And because you're so in so much pain and so much panic, that's legitimate. Uh, uh, eventually, you get to this place like, "Look, um, I am going to threaten your life if you leave me," which is what some people do. Right? Or I'm going to threaten my life if you leave me because one, I actually am feeling suicidal in this right. moment because I don't want to feel this way anymore, and two. Don't you love me enough to like save my life? Do you hate me so much that you're willing to let me die? Uh, you know, it's a weird, twisted way of thinking. But when you're desperate, you know, you'll do all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, you put you put people in a uh, 
a trapped box and you start um, pumping in poisonous gas or something, you know, they're going to start to uh, go go nuts, right? You're going to start clawing at the walls. You're going to start beating your head against the wall. That's how it feels. And so, um, but on the other side of that equation, it's totally unfair to that individual to lay that on them of like, look, uh, I just don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And that's okay, right? That's, there's nothing immoral about me saying, I don't, I, I don't think this is working for me, you know? Yeah. And I, I want the freedom, please, to be able to leave, you know? And so it's a, um, a difficult situation. And if you have a heart, you're going to feel terrible. Yeah. And you're going to worry. And you're going to mull around the question in your mind of, well, maybe I shouldn't leave because maybe I can work this out. Or maybe this is my life now. This is, this is I guess I'm trapped because I, I, if I leave, she's going to kill herself. Um, and and she, you know, he he also writes in uh, that uh, he she she's threatened to ruin his life. Yeah, you know, and so he's like, well, um, I could tolerate this, you know, and 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 uh, avoid some unknown horrible thing. You know, people in this situation, like I said, they'll they'll resort to all sorts of things, and. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a really tough situation to be in. And she, she doesn't want to hurt him. Is it a he? Do uh, we know if the yeah. writer is a guy? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't want to hurt him. She doesn't want to ruin his life. It's like you say, she's just trying to avoid that thing. Right. And her impulse might get the better of her and she might do things that hurt him. Right. So. Right. Th- that's the other thing is that the threat's real. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's often tolerable once you cross the line and, yeah. and, and say, I mean, the, the thing that I often tell people in situations like this is, is you need to have a, a comprehensive plan around this. Because what, what m- most people do is they, they think in their own mind, and they might talk with a couple friends, but they don't go on a campaign, right? They, they just sort of, and, and so what that does is that they're sort of isolated, and they're stuck in a situation by themselves. And so you have to become unisolated. So, uh, so to the patron, what I say is, mm-hmm. you have to uh, get a support team around you for a number of reasons. One is is you're going through a tough time and you need support, but you also need a group of people who can like give you practical help because you might have to actually hide at someone else's house for a, for a couple months while she cools off uh, because she could. She could lash out at you, and that's possible. It's possible. I don't want to. I don't want to paint the picture that people with borderline personality disorder are violent. They're not. <laughs> no, and she hasn't. The, the patron isn't saying that she's made any threats in that way. Right, right. But she has said that I will ruin your life. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, you know the likelihood of that happening isn't very high, but but it can happen. It could happen. Absolutely. And I, I think the idea of getting support is just spot on. Yeah, right. absolutely. And she needs support, so you she need does. to set up. You need to maybe call her family, maybe call maybe call her therapist or something, and say, "Look, I here is my plan. I, I'm planning on doing this thing, and we all need to work together to support us, the two of us, as we go through this." 
you know you're looking at me funny uh, no i just think that's terrific oh okay i thought you're saying i thought that i thought you're i was projecting that you were looking at me and thinking that that wasn't realistic no i think it's lovely <laughs> okay i really do <laughs> and so uh now you know that's scary reaching out to family or a therapist and saying look um i'd be terrified but it's a good idea because one it does address the issue of like because there there will come a time in all likelihood where you you have to draw a, a very firm boundary and say i'm no longer going to respond to your texts i'm no longer going to respond to your emails yeah. i'm no longer going to respond to your calls right. you are not allowed to show up at my house it, it, at some later date maybe i'll i'll initiate uh, communication but for my sanity and maybe for yours uh, there's there's we're, we we we'll have we've had enough conversations about this and it needs to end because without that firm boundary it it continues to to poke at her attachment injury because she she has contact with you and she's able to like have wishes of getting back together with you yeah and it it creates this um this ongoing uh and the person with borderline will uh, because they're desperate and they're so hurt and they, and they need you to return to them so badly for them to avoid this terrible feeling they're feeling, mm. they will resort to a lot of things to open up that boundary. You know, if you're saying, well, I'll only risk, like I talked to someone recently and he was saying that he says, I, I, I'm only going to, res- I only respond to her when she talks about her medical issues. Mm. And it's like, it's like, um, that on paper seems fine, but what that amounts to is just a, a way for her to uh, uh, feel compelled. It gives her an attractive nuisance, essentially, to try to expand that boundary and to you, you know, to to maybe even drum up medical problems to to have contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, so a lot of times the 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 safe answer, the, the the healthy answer is, is is a very clean boundary. And what you want in a situation like that is, well, I know that her family knows today is the day. And I know her therapist knows. And so I'm not just I'm not just walking away. I know that there's a group of people who care about her and have uh, you know reasonable access to her who can monitor her, who can look for self-injury, who can look for signs of suicidality. Support her. And support her. And I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You know? Because um, sometimes the partner is that person, is the person who is, is the primary support for, for, the, for the borderline individual. Right. And so, um, so there's that. And the other thing that I recommend people do sometimes is they hook up with a domestic violence uh, advocate because domestic, because it's a total, it doesn't, it's not domestic violence per se, but one could argue that it is in that you're being intimidated to stay in a relationship and you're afraid. That's domestic violence. Right. And and so, uh, so domestic violence advocates are often free. It's a free service often. Um, At least it is around here. It's, you know, there's funds yeah. that are donated or yeah. from the state or something. And there's, and they're, they're often, um, they're often not, maybe they're a master's level person, but maybe not, but they, they're specialists in supporting you and 
knowing exactly how to be safe in a situation like this. Yeah, they, this is their bailiwick. Yeah. They're not inventing the wheel like you are. Yeah, and they might even literally come to your house and help you pack up and that, that kind of stuff. Sometimes yeah. they'll do that. And so domestic violence advocates um, know how, and they also have a similar perspective of what you and I are saying. I'm right. just like, look, you know, here's the reality. Right. And, uh, and you deserve this. And and you're not responsible for if if that person decides to kill themselves because you just broke up with them and were nice about it then that's on them you know and that's not it's not your fault um i want to get back to that though because sure. that's a that's a weird one you know uh, in terms of like how to see that exactly. Yeah. Right? It's easy for us to say. Oh, I think it's impossible if you're in it to not feel guilty and not tell yourself, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault. It just doesn't happen to be true. Yeah. But it's debatable, right? It's not... No, this is not debatable. This fella is not responsible for whether or not his soon-to-be ex lives. I agree, but I could see someone coming up with a compelling argument... And they do. They'll say like, but, but that doesn't that doesn't negate the fact. Okay, you're you know, someone I'm talking to, and they're like, look, look, Kirk, I get the fact that you're telling me I'm not responsible. Sure, and I and I intellectually understand what you're saying. Yeah, right. I mean, if if he or she decides to kill themselves, that's on them. Right, and I'm not I'm not doing anything bad to them or immoral to them. No, so how you know. Um, on the one hand, on the one hand, okay. On the other hand, um, it a results in b. So, you know, well, a results in c. There's a b that's unspoken in the middle. Okay. Well, a leads to b, which leads to c. Fair enough. And and therefore, if I initiate, you know, if I knock over that first domino, um, I, I could see how I'm not legitimately responsible, but but I feel responsible. Absolutely, and, sure. And this person I love or used to love right. will absolutely think it's my fault. You know, yeah. He or Maybe. she will will put in their uh, suicide note that they are killing themselves because of me breaking up with them. And I don't think I can live with that. I mean, how am I supposed to? What if he or she does that? How am I supposed to live with myself after that? You ever heard the expression, it's not what you call me that matters, but what I answer to? No, what does that mean? It means, what if, if, if I'm the person who breaks up and my ex-partner kills herself, what am I telling myself about her death? Because just because somebody says a thing, it's, I did it because of the breakup, or I did it because you left me, or I did it because, you know, it's your fault. Just because somebody says it doesn't make it so. Mm. It's compelling because it's death. It's not compelling because somebody says it. Mm. So, so what am I telling myself about the breakup that's leading me to cling to something that is absolutely false? It's compelling, and there's nobody on the planet who has a heart, as you say, that wouldn't feel really shitty. Because I love this person. I still care about them. Yeah. Right? They're not bad. Yeah. They're just not for me. Right. And, and so there's no way you're getting out of that. There's just no way. Yeah. You know? But we have all kinds of feelings that don't reflect reality. Yeah. We do. We just do. We feel sad when there's no loss. We feel angry when there's no threat. We feel scared when there's no danger. We feel guilt when we haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. So there's he can't get out of it. 
He can't. Right. And he shouldn't try, but just because his body responds this way doesn't mean it's a fact. Interesting. Yeah. Another thing that I find when I talk with people in this situation, because uh, as I'm thinking about it, I've talked with a lot of people in this situation, is after exploring for a while, we'll discover that they also have attachment injuries. Yeah, absolutely. That right. um, look different in their adult life than their partners. Right. And which <laughs> attracted them to this outwardly attachment injured person to begin with. Right. And they, in a subconscious sense, depend on this quote unquote borderline person to exhibit attachment need because they are in denial of their own attachment um, borderline tendencies. You You got it. Yeah, I like that. And so when it comes time to break up, they have a similar uh, uh, pain and terror of of causing a distance with someone that they feel attached to, you know? Right. And so they will come up with excuses like, well, I can't leave because she's going to kill herself, you know? Yeah. And right. the, so it gets weird in that situation because right. the cure isn't necessarily to leave, uh, which, uh, you know, you could do, mm-hmm. but the, it gives this, this treatment focus of like, well, we've got to work on your attachment injuries mm. before you might even be able to see this thing straight. Right. Yeah. Um, and have the, um, the ability really like I, I've, t- I've talked with people before who for long periods of time where I was in that state where I was, I was advising them to, or helping them to leave and, and just, it just would never happen. Right. And the client would say, um, yeah, I get it. Totally. Okay. Sure. To- totally going to do it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I've, I've worked through the feelings and you're right. And da, 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 and I deserve, and you know, I've got the plan and everything. And then, Nothing happens. Right. And then and then I started going like, well, what's what's the final barrier here? What's right. the final thing? And upon exploration, we're like, oh, this all begins with your attachment injuries right. and and you're in denial of that for good reasons. Sure. And mm-hmm. um and you're afraid of leaving this person, you know? And you need this person for uh because there's something very attractive about people who have borderline personality or even just tendencies because they, when they need you, they freaking need you, you know, and you feel it. You feel the fact that they depend on you for a lot of things. You know, they, they need you for reassurance. They're affected by you. You know, the things that you do just moving through the world, they are noticing it and they're reacting to it. And when they feel hurt, they feel really hurt. But when they feel loved, they feel really loved, you know, and be, and they're soaking it in because because they've never been given it before, you know, and so or they've been given just little bits and pieces. And so when you are a partner, a romantic partner with someone with borderline uh, tendencies, it can f- it, it can make you feel alive. You know, it makes you feel like, wow, like this relationship is a thing, you know, it's not this isn't just a pastime for this person. Like this is a, this is a, this is a central feature to this person's existence. Mm-hmm. And I feel needed. I feel important. 
and I feel um, like my like my personality and my selfhood matters to someone else. Right. You know? And so, if your attachment injured yourself, then it's that is also going to feel oh, extremely yeah. um, gratifying and fulfilling of something that that you've always been looking for. Right. And so, even years down the road, as the relationship has become dysfunctional and you have a lot of anger and resentment and right. there's all this, you know, there's still that that's still around. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you definitely know that the person with borderline uh, depends on you and needs you and, and relies on you. And, and that's a, you know, we all want that. Sure. There, there's a, I'm not pathologizing that. No. I, everyone wants that in, in a relationship. You want to feel needed. Right. And you want to need, you know, there's this mutual needing and dependency that goes on in, in relationships. Um, it's just that when you are particularly, uh, you know, injured as a child, you become overly dependent on someone else's dependency. Let's just put it that way. And so the treatment direction with this client, we totally switched gears and said, okay, well, we need to focus on your attachment injury before... Uh, anything is going to happen, which gets complicated because then it's like, okay, leaving this partner gets put on the back burner because it's just not a possibility at this point, apparently, you know? Um, Right. And and that's a difficult place to be as an outsider myself watching a a relationship like that. Just be like, man, like, because they want to leave and they want to date other people. And they deserve to leave if they want to. Everyone deserves to leave a relationship if they want to. Right. And they're being occasionally emotionally abused. And, but that's just the way things are for that time. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I'd love to hear yeah. if your patron's willing to write back and let us know how it goes. Yeah. Um, and, Again, I know I have people who consider themselves borderline who listen to this podcast. And also let us know what you think about this. Um, If you've ever done this to people because of your uh, traumas being triggered, Mm -hmm. you had a, a natural freak out and resorted to things that you that you wouldn't normally resort to when you're not being triggered. Um, I, I wonder what your perspective is on that, uh, listeners. And and I hope, and I'm sort of rolling back in my head our talk here today for the past half hour. Me too. <laughs> if uh, I hope that people who consider themselves borderline out there aren't insulted by this conversation, <laughs> you know? I hope so too. <laughs> I could see where it might be hard to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the key uh, vibe that I have inside of me that I try to um, exhibit is and, and communicate is that I and you, Bob, get why people do this sort of stuff. We get why borderline develops. We get why borderline, um, why people with borderline condition react in ways that they do um, from the outside without an understanding it looks ridiculous and it looks crazy and it looks unfair and it looks 
um, pathological. Mm. But when you understand the genesis of it all, it, it all makes sense. You yeah. know, the attachment injury as a ch- as a child, and um, so I hope that I hope that you know, I've worked with domestic violence perpetrators, men who I after a while figured out, oh, you you have borderline because of your attachment injuries as a child. And that manifests in controlling and abusive beating of your spouses because when you are triggered from your abandonment and you worry that your spouse is going to abandon you, over time you've learned um, to do certain things to to manage that feeling. And I, I don't think I've ever phrased it that way until today's episode of like, you know, when, when, a, when someone with borderline lashes out, it's because they're trying to avoid the terrible feeling that they're feeling, you know? They, they, it's not that they necessarily even want the person back in their life. That's sort of secondary. It's more like, I don't like the way I'm feeling right now. I feel horrible, and I, and I know from experience that if I get this person to come back to me, I won't feel this way anymore. And so it can look like controlling, and it can look like... Yeah. Uh, manipulation, and it can look like anger, and it can look like abuse, and you can label it all those things. Oh, but, yeah. but, but the but the primary genesis of the whole thing is, I don't want to feel this way anymore, right. and I don't deserve to feel this way anymore, and I feel terrible. And all that needs to happen is this other person just needs to stop doing what they're doing and act like a nice spouse again, <laughs> who loves me and who's there for me. Uh, that's all that needs to happen here. And, and I'll stop feeling this way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I've ever conceptualized it in that way before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. That it's feeling-based. It's, it's, it's terror and abyss-based, avoidance yeah. of that. It's, it's not even necessarily caring about the stability of the relationship, yeah. which makes sense because the actions are so empirically d- deleterious to, yeah. the, to the status of the relationship, right. you know? Um. Anyway, so that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it. <laughs>